Hey everybody, welcome back to BC Buckets. This is the first episode of the podcast in December. We're getting close to Christmas here and that means we're in the heart of basketball season. My name's Matt Gall. I'm here with head coach Mark Sfigera. Mark, what's on your Christmas list this year? Wow, that's a great question, Matt. And for the second week in a row, you've caught me off guard with something. Um, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I don't necessarily have a big Christmas list. It's just good to, to see family and, and friends and all that. So I'll just leave it at that. All right. And over here on the computer with the headphones on, we've got Bobby Beach Patterson making his glorious return to the podcast after a couple weeks off. First, Bobby, uh, we've missed you around here. What have you been up to that's been uh, so important that you couldn't participate on the NAIA's best podcast? You know, it's great to be back with you guys, Matt. Uh, I was on a little bit of a hiatus there. Uh, my apologies. I had a couple family Thanksgivings I was attending, enjoying some good food and uh, uh, enjoying some time with family. But I'm glad to be back with you guys and uh, be on the best podcast in the NAI. You know, Bobby, so we got some pretty positive feedback about the emergence of your role on the show and uh, I think I mentioned that too. Then all of a sudden you go MIA for a couple of weeks, and and we thought maybe you were pulling a George Costanza, leaving on a high note. And also in the room with us today, we've got a special guest, senior guard Jay Wolf, joining us. And uh, Jay, I'm sure you've uh, listened to the podcast already. So you, do you kind of know what's coming? Yeah, I've listened to you know you've had a couple of players already, so I kind of know know what's up with the podcast. All right, so we'll hit you with some lightning round questions a little bit later. But first, as you probably know. First thing we do is get down to business with talking about what's been going on with the program during the last week, and then we'll talk a little bit about what's upcoming uh, this week. But before we do, Mark, I know you know you guys had the day off yesterday because of the snowstorm. The Northwestern game got postponed, and uh, you know I know you live kind of over on the north side. I live on the north side. It's a hilly area. We get a lot of that north wind. It can make that snow kind of stack up. So how did things go with getting dug out? Well, first and foremost, I, I'm of the philosophy that you wait till the snow is done and then you shovel. And, and that's what I did. It, I think it might have still been flurrying a little bit. But I went out this morning and uh, I have one bad part of my driveway. So we have a single car driveway. It's pretty long, but in between our house and the neighbor's house, the snow drifts like crazy when it's windy. And uh, it took me a good 20 minutes to clean our cars off, but then to get the drifts moved out. I'm of the... Uh, the age where I'm still young enough and arrogant enough to shovel myself, thinking it's a workout, um, so I don't have a snowblower. So it took me a little time. But, uh, yeah, we got all dug out and, and made it up to the Flanagan Center today. So, wait, let's go back. You said your philosophy is that you don't shovel until the snow is done. Is that a hard set rule? Majority of the time. If, if we're going to get a good 16, 18 inches, I might, I might double it up, um, you know, at about the halfway point. But if I don't have to do it twice, I certainly don't want to shovel twice. It's one of my least favorite things to do. I've learned that the six-inch mark, once the news says we've hit six inches, that's when it's time to go out and uh, get everything cleared off. Just because I think before that, you're really just wasting your time. Uh, you're, you're not really using your full strength to move what's out there. But anything beyond that, I think you're, you're kind of having to go out there and do double duty. So. And, and do you shovel or do you snow blow? Well, uh, I snow blow, and I'm not ashamed of that. My folks gave us a snowblower as our wedding gift when we got married about nine years ago. And so I'm not going to apologize that we use life's modern technology and conveniences because I think it's a little bit silly if, if you have those tools and you don't. So if you're going to come back at me with some uh, shaming that, that we use 
you know, some tools that contribute to our sedentary lifestyle, then, you know, you have the right to do that. But a heavy snow like yesterday, you know, really requires, if you're going to use a snowblower, you're going to leave kind of a layer underneath where it packs everything down. So you kind of have to go through it with a shovel anyway. Yeah, no, no, there's no shaming here. And full disclosure, I sit here and say that I shovel, but a good one third of the times it snows, my neighbor actually snow blows for us. So I, I can't shame in any way, shape or form here. All right, well, let's get into basketball last week, and this will be a pretty short conversation because, like I said, the Northwestern games uh, from Saturday were postponed, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but you did have a game, a pretty memorable game, uh, last week here at the Newman-Flanagan Center when Dakota Wesleyan came to town. So you guys had a boxing match basically for 40 minutes, and, and you guys came back. You were down, I think, nine at one point and uh, won that game 94 to 90 and really kind of closed things out just in the last few minutes of that game. It's an awesome game, awesome environment, great student support as usual. Probably as far as memorable Briarcliff games go, that's got to be probably up there in the top 10 as far as games that that I've been to in this gym. So, tell me about that game and, you know, at any point did you feel a little nervous I mean the thing about this team is it never really feels out of hand when you know that these guys with their senior leadership and their ability to score it never really feels like it's gotten away so what was your mindset halfway through the second half when they were up about nine you know we had a hole to dig out of well I'm gonna go way back to the beginning here Matt you know we had coach Wilbur from Dakota wasn't on the podcast last week and we talked a lot about this rivalry Uh, we talked about the fact that we've had a lot of crazy games um, and I, I think Wednesday night lived up to the hype that we gave this matchup, um, and then some probably. But, you know, being down nine mid-second half and a little later even, you know, the thing that impressed me the most was the, the poise and the calm our guys played with. Whether or not I had that the entire time is up for debate. But, um, you know, it really came down to we got some things figured out defensively there in the second half. We forced some tough shots. We forced a couple huge turnovers. And, you know, on the offensive end, we had one big downside all night, and that was we turned the ball over too much. We gave them too many opportunities for easy points off of our turnovers. And we, we finally got past that, and, and Eric Erdman was obviously pretty unbelievable down the stretch. It was either he was scoring or he was making a play for somebody else to score the last seven, eight minutes of the game. And, and ultimately, that's what it came down to. Um, but you also have to give a lot of credit to, to everybody that was in there. You know, and you think back, we were up to – and Ty Hoagland for Dakota Wesleyan hits a just deep three right in Jackson Lamb's face. Pretty good defense for the most part. They go back up, and we come right back, and Ethan Friedel, who was 0 for 7 at the time from three, buries a three to put us up for good. And, and a lot of that is, is poise and confidence that our guys play with. And, you know, Ethan was on the podcast a few weeks back, and, and I think I said something about the fact that he's a confident player, and even though he's 0 for 7 in the game, he's, he's confident enough to take that shot in the big moment. Yeah, there were a couple of possessions real early in the game. I think where Erdman got just burned by uh, their number three, uh, Harden. Yeah, Nick Harden. Man, he was he was quick. And I, like I said, I think there were maybe three possessions in a row where he just kind of got an edge at the top and, and drove right down the lane. And I thought, oh, no, this is going to be a, a long night if we can't uh, keep those guys you know, out of the paint because just because of the ability of what they can do from the outside, too. Yeah, and, and he's an, he's a good player. You know, he's averaging 18, 19 points a game for him. He really quick first step, uh, really good in transition. And and I thought at least two of those times it was just kind of lackadaisical defense. 
on a lot of our guys' parts where we, we didn't do a very good job getting matched up or communicating who had who, and that'll burn you. And, and giving up those easy points in transition, it's it's tough to recover from. And, and so the fact that we got that figured out and, and made some adjustments and the guys were able to do that in the game made a big difference down the stretch. So, Jay, you know, like I said, just as a fan watching the game, you know, it's, it's easy for a fan, I guess, to kind of get nervous or wonder what's going on. Um, are you guys going to make the comeback or not? Or is this game out of hand? Or, or how is it going to go? And I know, you know, we've got a lot of upperclassmen, including yourself. What was your mindset kind of midway through the second half with how this game was going? Was there ever a point where you felt like we're just we're right there, we're just on the verge of making a push? Yeah, you know, I think that's a special quality that our team has. Like, we never get too high, we never really get too low. And, you know, there in the second half, we were down nine, and uh, you could just kind of sense that there's, like, a calmness within our team. Like, we weren't really too worried about, like, oh, we're down nine, this game's going to get out of hand real quick. We're just like, you know, we, we just wanted to stay the course and – uh, you could just tell that, you know, we were going to make a little run there late and, you know, that's what we ended up doing. And we just trusted each other and had a lot of confidence in each other. And, you know, that's a big part of our team. And, you know, guys made plays down the stretch, which was big. And you guys played, what, six guys in the rotation the whole second half. I mean, it, you're kind of limited to play with a little bit quicker lineup. And uh, you had a couple of freshmen included in those six, uh, you know, who, who really came in and, and played great games given the the pressure and the intensity yeah we did you know Nick Lutmer was out on Wednesday night um you know we're hoping to have him back sometime soon here but uh, that that's a starter and a big minute player and and so we had to have some other guys step up and it was kind of by committee you know Ethan Friedel stepped into the starting lineup and played a handful more minutes than he normally would Jaden Klein Hessling played really really well he's one of the freshmen you mentioned I think he had 14 points hit a couple huge shots in the second half um, and, and even a guy, he didn't play a ton, but Sammy Green made a couple big plays in the first half when he was in, you know, got to the foul line, um, made a couple nice defensive plays. And, you know, each game you just kind of have to go with the flow of the game and, and see how that's going. And Dakota Wesland plays such a perimeter-based lineup that it's hard to match up with, with traditional big guys. Um, you know, and so we, we had a lot of five-guard lineups out there. And I do think on the flip side, that makes us really hard to guard as well. And I think that eventually wore down Dakota Wesleyan a little bit, just guarding our perimeter players. Do some of those big guys, are those conversations you have, do they understand that different games are going to require different makeups of rotations and that's just something, you know, that, that they understand as part of the part of playing in a tough conference like this? Yeah, I think they do. And, you know, one of the best qualities we have as a team, I think, is just our unselfishness. And, you know, Jeff Dobbinton and Austin Ropeman are guys who played every game up until that point. And uh, Dakota Weslin had a couple post players that they normally played that they didn't play either. And it was, it's, it's kind of one of those things like if they put one of those in, it's going to change the game or vice versa for us. And it, you just kind of take each game and, and try to deal with the circumstances and, and do what you have to do to win. We had Coach Wilbur on the podcast the week before we played those guys. Do you, have you had any conversations with him? Do you normally you know, catch up with any of those coaches after a game like that? I know you shake hands immediately after the game. But uh, you know, after a, a hard-fought, emotional game like that, do you ever get a chance to kind of talk things over and how things went? Yeah, it, it depends on the situation. And he and I actually did have a conversation the next day. It was more based around our JV team was supposed to play up in Mitchell, and they had some icy roads, and so we end up postponing the game. And, and we just talked a little bit about it. But I, you know, I'll go back to what we talked about last week. There's so much mutual respect um, between the programs, and it was basically a situation where 
we talked about what we need to talk about. He said, hey, great job last night. That's a big win. Congrats. And I, I say thanks. And, you know, we're not going to dwell on it. Now, when the offseason comes, we'll probably go back and dissect it uh, a little bit more. But right now, you know, we're both focused on our next opponent um, and moving forward, whether it's a win or a loss. So speaking of next opponent, uh, you guys have Dort this upcoming Wednesday, the 5th. And uh, they just played a, a tough overtime game with Jamestown. Um, and as usual, you know, they're a, a pretty tough defensive team. Uh, and then you guys got Dakota State coming up next Saturday, the 8th. Also a home game uh, here at the Newman Flanagan Center. So uh, a nice week of being able to, to stay home. And then the Northwestern game got postponed to the 12th, which is – Yeah, December 12th, which next is a Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll head up there. So that was something that – we actually had that contingency plan already in place on Friday uh, with the forecast as it was. I, I just thought it would be a good idea to have some conversations about it. And ultimately, I'd rather not postpone games or change games. But, you know, the weather, what it was yesterday, obviously our ultimate goal is the, the safety and well-being of our players. And we weren't going to put the guys in any kind of spot where we're going to get in trouble with the weather or anything like that. And it, it happened to work out for both schools, and, and Northwestern was incredibly easy to, to work with on that. So, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, you get kind of juiced up for a game on Friday night at practice and moving into Saturday, and then you get a text from me in the morning saying the game's off. And so, But it is what it is, and, and you can't fight Mother Nature because you're going to lose. And, and fortunately, this is only the second time – in my time at Briarcliff, where we'd have, we've had to postpone a game, we've been pretty lucky under the circumstances living in the Midwest with the crazy weather we get. But like you said, it is what it is, and uh, you'll worry about them uh, next week. But you've got Dort coming up most immediately. Jay, what do you know about Dort's team this year? I know they're under uh, some new leadership up there uh, in Sioux Center. So what do you know about what they're going to be bringing down here, and how are you guys preparing to handle that? Uh, yeah, they always have a you know really good team up at Dort, and uh, this year is no exception. And uh, we know all their players are going to be solid. And when we get come back, you know tomorrow to practice, we'll start preparing for them. Yeah, and Dort's a team. You know, on the surface, they're they've obviously had some really nice wins. Um, I think they're big, they're physical. I do think they defend pretty well, and, and offensively, they're really really balanced. And that's something we've talked about before. Sometimes it's easier to prepare for a team who has one big score where you can really try to game plan to take some of that scoring away but they have a lot of guys averaging between eight and 13 points a game and and there's not one guy you can single out they've had a lot of different guys as leading scorers um you know and this is kind of the first time through for us they they have a new head coach this year um coach van hafton and and he's a guy i've known for a long time had a ton of success at buena vista um for a long time he's a really good coach and and we know they're going to be well prepared um, and, you know, last week we talked about rivalry games, and, and this is just another one, in my opinion. You know, Dort and Briar Close become a nice rivalry over the years, and, and so we're looking forward to it. Hopefully the Flanagan Center is going to be rocking again, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. And then we, we have Dakota State on Saturday, um, a non-conference game. Um, you know, a team we've played the last handful of years now. They actually beat us up at their place a year ago. Um, Another connection, there. our former grad assistant, Trevor Flemers, their assistant coach there now, so it'll be his first time back to the Flanagan Center. But uh, they're, they're a team, you know, in some ways kind of similar to Dort. They, they have a couple of really good big guys. Uh, they play a little bit more from the inside out where, uh, you know, where we play from the, the outside in, or at least it seems that way sometimes. But, uh, you know, again, a, a program who's really well coached, uh, a longtime head coach who's won a ton of games, um, a guy, Gary Garner, I have a ton of respect for. 
And, uh, you know, it, it's a big week, but to be at home for an entire week, we've not done that yet this year. Um, I think the guys are probably excited for that. I think the guys are maybe a little sick of being on the bus this time of year. But, uh, you know, like Jay said, we'll get back to practice tomorrow and, and start preparing for Dord and, and then move on to Dakota State for the weekend and um, looking forward to another fun week. I know the saying is that the most important game is always the next one, but with the way your GPAC season kind of wound down last season with Dort being part of, you know, maybe a more disappointing end to the conference season, is that something that uh, the guys think about or that you let them think about? Well, I mean, it's probably something the guys think about. It's not something we'll talk about. You know, the the, the team that beat us last year is, is not the same team they're going to bring here this year, and the team that we had on the floor is not the same team. It's it's a whole new year. It's a whole new team for each side. It's a new coach for them. Um, you know, it's completely different. And I think if you if you try to play the revenge game or anything like that, I, I think that's going to backfire on you more than anything else other than, you know, let's let's play in the moment. Let's prepare the best we can and, and give it everything we can Wednesday night. Bobby, what was the student section theme this week? Do you know anything about that? Everyone was wearing gray sweatpants, so I assume it was just post-Thanksgiving, let's wear the stretchy turkey pants night, Is there or was there something else going on? Everyone was wearing gray. So it's actually really funny you uh, say that, and it's actually funny that Jay Wolf is the uh, special guest on the podcast, so... Um, usually the person that comes up with a theme mainly is uh, Kyle Barrett, who, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago on the podcast, is the foot stomper, as people might know of from the student section, kind of the leader of the blue crew, so to speak. So he decided that um, Wednesday morning, actually, we're going to have a grout fit theme, which means you wear uh, gray all over. And I bring it up about Jay because Jay is known around campus as that kind of guy that would wear like a Chiefs uh, sweatshirt with Chiefs shorts, so kind of red on red. But mainly, Jay is kind of known for the grout fit. And actually, as we're sitting here, he is wearing a gray sweatshirt with gray sweatpants, and he actually has gray shoes on. So he has the entire gray um, outfit on. So it was kind of um, just something different that the Blue Crew usually doesn't do. But it was kind of one of those things to kind of honor Jay a little bit uh, with the whole grout fit theme. So everyone was on board, and everyone loved it. And I'm sure Jay was pretty fond of it as well. Yeah, I thought for a Wednesday night game, crowd that, that was down there was just awesome. And, Coach, one thing I noticed after the game, too, is that uh, instead of going immediately to the locker room, your players actually joined the student section on the court to to enjoy that win. Is that something you tell the guys to go do, or is that something you just give them kind of the flexibility to do just because, in a lot of ways, the people sitting in the stands are part of that victory? Yeah, it's something, you know, as a coaching staff, we certainly encourage that. But the guys kind of do that on their own. And, and I know a lot of our guys are, are friends with, you know, a lot of other athletes on campus and a lot of the guys who make a lot of the noise in the student section. Our student section was awesome on Wednesday night. I thought they had a big impact on the game. Um, even when we were down nine, they were still up. They were active. They were loud. Um, you know, when you mentioned the crowd, I thought it was a, a great crowd under the circumstances. You know, we had some freezing rain in the afternoon, made the roads a little slick. Um, you know, so that probably hurt our overall crowd, but our students came out in full force and, and they had the place rocking. All right. So like uh, we said, Dort uh, at home this Wednesday, December 5th, women will play at six, men will play at eight. And then uh, Dakota State comes to town on Saturday, December 8th. And that game is at three o'clock. So, Coach, uh, you guys actually moved up to number eight in the most recent NAIA coaches poll that came out and the GPAC had. Uh, four teams in the top 25, and then I think it was Dakota Wesleyan was sitting in that 26th spot receiving votes. So the conference has really five in the top 
26. I don't think it's any surprise that this was going to be a, a, another great year for the GPAC. Um, you know, what can you tell us about the, the newest rankings? Was there anyone new that slipped in um, that was a little unexpected? Or, or how are things lining up, do you think, for the rest of the season? Well, this first poll that comes out in the regular season, it's just always interesting to see who falls where because the preseason poll is really just a guess. Um, you know, certainly I think it was deserved that we moved up a couple spots. We've had a great start to the year. Um, it, it was really good for our conference to get the recognition they did. You know, you have – number two, number eight, number 19, number 21, and then, like you mentioned, basically a top 25 team in Dakota Wesleyan. And, and so to have five teams in the conversation, and I honestly think Jamestown could be in that conversation too before it's all said and done. And, and so it's still really early. You know, you really can't pay a lot of attention to the rankings until we get to late January, early February when it really comes down to it. But the recognition is certainly nice, and I, I think the respect that our conference has earned on the national scale helps us to get that many teams in the conversation. And do those come out every week or every couple of weeks? Uh, they come out every two weeks. There'll be one more uh, next week before Christmas, and then we'll be done with them until uh, after the new year. Nothing okay. really changes over Christmas break. Well, like you said, you can't put too much into them this early in the season. But, you know, at, at some point it does kind of come into play because I know, especially when it comes to at-large bids, uh, usually it's, it's pretty important to be – in that 25 list absolutely you know it, it's really important and, and if you start in a good spot you know it's it's a little bit harder sometimes to fall as opposed to starting out of the conversation and sometimes you have to work really hard to work yourself back into the top 20 25 whatever it is so to be where we're at it's certainly a good spot right now um you know and if, if we're still there at the end of the year obviously things have gone pretty well and we'll be pretty happy with that so we'll worry about that more uh, later, certainly. And, and so this week, you guys just need to go out and worry about Dort and Dakota State. Um, but with that, we're going to turn things over now and, and talk to and about our guest today, uh, Jay Wolf. And uh, before we start asking you some questions, Jay, uh, Coach, why don't you just tell us about the impact Jay's had on the program, you know, the last three plus years now um, and with the season so far I, I believe I heard before we started recording today that Jay is actually leading the conference in double doubles um, so I mean we I think everyone who follows the program knows that he's he's kind of an all-around contributor but what has Jay meant to this program well his impact has been huge obviously you know you look at the production he's put up since he's been here he came in as a freshman um, you know, him and Eric Erdman were, are the same age, and they, they walked into that team as freshmen that was really, really good. And from very early in practice that year, we could tell they were going to be a part of what we were doing. And, and as a freshman, Jay played in a, in a reserve role, backed up Brian Forbes for a lot of the year, who was an All-American, um, but was also very foul-prone. So, so Jay got thrown in quite a bit that first year and, and just really steady, knew he was going to be a good defensive player. Um, and not to toot my own horn but I remember early in practice that year I told Nick Nelson at some point Jay Wolf's going to be the GPAC defensive player of the year which has happened um and that's a credit to Jay not my predicting skills but um you know and then as a sophomore Jay moves into the starting lineup he's an honorable mention all-conference player um really took a back seat to some other guys on the offensive side um, you know, we had on that team Brian Forbes, Eric Erdman, Shane Graves, Austin Leffler. I mean, we had some guys who could really score the ball. And, you know, Jay had some huge games in his own right. I think about at Northwestern that year. 
he got really overshadowed. Erdman had 41 that game, but Jay had 25 and I think went like 9 for 10. And, and that speaks to his efficiency, and that's something that's been pretty steady for him the whole time he's been here. He's, he's one of the more efficient players we've had. You know, you look at his stats right now, his shooting percentages are off the charts, his rebounds, his assists, all that stuff. Um, and I already mentioned, he, he's one of the best defensive players I've ever been fortunate enough to coach. Last year was a co-defensive player of the year in the league. I'm obviously biased. I think he's the best defensive player in our league right now. Um, and, and the thing about Jay, and he already said this a little bit, when he talks about the team not getting too high, too low, that's Jay Wolf. That's who he is. You know, not much rattles him. Um, he's really steady. Um, he's hard to talk trash to. You know, as anybody knows, I'm a big trash talker. I talk a lot of trash to our guys, and there's not much you can say about Jay that gets him fired up other than talking about the Chiefs or the Rockets. That might get him a little fired up. But, you know, the impact he's had on the court has been huge. Off the court, it's also been a big deal because he was a guy – he's not the most outspoken person I've ever been around, but he's always been a lead-by-example player. These last two years, um, he's really stepped into a leadership role, and he's much more vocal with the players. He's much more vocal with me. I joked with him on Friday that we're going to make him our unofficial uh, defensive consultant because he and I, he and I, before a lot of games, we'll we'll talk about how we want to guard certain things for the other team. And part of that's my trust in Jay. He's a high IQ player, and part of it is he's the one that's going to be doing a lot of it. You know, not me. So it's easy for me to scheme something up defensively. Um, but he's the one that has to go out and do it. So I like to get Jay's opinion, and, and I know and trust that what he says is, is probably going to be the right answer. So his, his name is going to be littered all over the record books at Briarcliff. You know, him and Erdman are probably going to play more games than anybody in school history. Jay's on pace to be a top-10 scorer, top-10 rebounder, top-five three-point field goal. I mean, it's just everywhere. Um, and, and I've said this before. I'll say it again. Everybody sees Jay on the court. He's a dude. Um, I see off the court, he's a great kid, he's a great student, going to be incredibly successful in life. So, Jay, what what are you going to take away after you graduate from here? What When someone asks, tell me about your experience with Briarcliff basketball. How can you sum up what your time here will have meant to you once you graduate and, and move on? Well, first and foremost, it's just like a great program to be a part of, um, you know, a well-respected program around the country. And um just very fortunate to be a part of it and you know one of the main things i've taken away from it is you know more of a team first attitude it's not really about yourself it's it's about the team success it's about doing you know doing things the right way on and off the court and you know just having great experiences with your teammates your coaches with people on campus it's that's like there's more to life than just winning and losing in basketball and you know that's the biggest thing i've taken away so far and just you know trying to grow as a you know a man and trying to grow just like as a person overall is just you know the biggest thing I've taken from being a part of this program do you think you've been a pretty positive influence on Bobby's life <laughs> yeah I mean I've definitely in terms of grout fits uh, I've been a huge influence on Bobby but you know we've developed a great friendship in our time here so yeah so yeah <laughs> serious question though for Bobby you know, you, you have the perspective as a student coach of being involved in practice and games and kind of having that, you know, that perspective that is a little bit different than, you know, the guys who are, are on the court at any given time. So from your perspective, what 
has Jay brought to the program that, um, you know, is maybe a little bit unique or, or what's something maybe about Jay that maybe everyone doesn't know? Well, yeah, I mean, just about everything Coach Figueroa said about Jay is true. I mean, he's just a very unselfish guy, just about everyone on our team. Um, and, you know, he, he's that lead by example guy and he's got a very, um, high demeanor and he's honestly, with the exception of myself, probably the most athletic person I've ever been around. So, uh, that's always, that's always nice to have. He's one of those guys that day in and day out can play 35 to 40 minutes a game. And it doesn't really seem like it phases him cause he never gets tired. Cause like we've already said, he's just a freak athlete, but on any given night he can go out there and I mean, he can put up another double double or he just gets a lot of assists but he's just a very good uh actually great teammate great player um i've been very privileged to not only be around him uh as he's a player and i'm a student coach but to develop that great friendship that he was talking about i know uh we've been in a handful of classes together so just sitting by each other in class and helping each other out with um stuff that we might not understand that we can kind of talk to each other about and kind of figure out he's been great in that aspect and i just hope that i've kind of helped out in that sense even though i'll be the first to admit jay's smarter than i am but uh no he's he's been great to our program and uh the senior leadership is just awesome i can tell a lot more this year um that he is a lot more vocal with our players. Um, obviously, me and Ethan Ehrman, the other student coach, will be sitting on the sideline during uh, practices, keeping stats and doing scoreboard. And if someone has a question, the first person they go to is not necessarily always Coach Figuera, it's Jay. Just asking a defensive question like, how are my feet in the closeout? Where should my positioning be? I feel like I was a couple steps behind. Can you kind of help me out? And then just offensively, just moving the ball, getting sides of the floor, paint touches. I mean, Jay's always been great helping out the uh, underclassmen with that. So he and uh, along with Eric Erdman have been great as far as uh, continuing and uh, to set that foundation for uh, Briarcliff basketball. You know, and Bobby brings up Jay playing 35 to 40 minutes a game, and let's let's be real here. I don't know the last time Jay played 35 minutes in a game. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that speaks to Jay's athleticism. Um, it speaks to his endurance. I think it speaks to the way he takes care of himself and his body during the season. Um, you know, and a funny story about it, we were down at Friends a few weeks back. Uh, this would have been the second game of the year. And it was a game that ended up going to double overtime that we won. Uh, Friedel was out that weekend uh, with an illness. And so we were shorthanded a little bit. And, and I told Jay before the game, the guys were shooting around. And I said, here's what we're going to do this year. We're going to take you out and give you a break every first half at some point for a couple minutes. And then the second half, we're just going to play it by ear and see what happens. And then two hours later that night, he played 50 out of 50 minutes. And uh, we kind of laughed about it the next day. But, you know, Jay's the guy that there's just certain nights where I'll say to him, hey, dude, you're not coming out tonight. You know, if you really need one, let me know. But you're not going to come out. And I, I think back to the national tournament last year, the first round game, you know, Eric was sick, weren't sure if he was going to play or not. And I just told Jay, foul trouble or not, you're not coming out. And, and he, he does. He just – thrives with that and and does such a great job of it and you know the other thing about jay that you know people some people know some people probably don't jay was actually a freak of a track runner um in high school two-time state champ in the 800 if i'm not mistaken best time like 151 153 pretty impressive so let's ask you now some uh, lightning round questions to get to know you a little bit better and i'll start with one because you're a chiefs fan i'm a chiefs fan we're actually watching the game right now in coach figuera's office so i'm going to ask you where do the chiefs end up record wise and where do they end up uh, in the postseason um record wise probably you know 12 and 4 13 and 3 range uh in the postseason 
Uh, probably going to make the Super Bowl. Probably going to win it. Not going to lie. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Follow-up question to that, Jay. Would you rather, as a fan, see the Chiefs win the Super Bowl or the Rockets win the NBA Finals? Um, During this uh, you know, stretch in NBA basketball with the Warriors being so dominant, I'd really love to see the Rockets defeat the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals and then win the NBA championship. And then, you know, possibly next year have the Chiefs win it because they're going to be good for, you know, the next few years. So we're going to ask you the next question, which is included uh, on every podcast. And Hoosiers has been disqualified. You probably already know that. Um, but what's your favorite basketball movie? Uh, two main ones come to mind, like, growing up, and those are Glory Road and Coach Carter. Um, you know, two great ones that I owned growing up and used to watch all the time. So we're, we're talking about, you know, our first snowstorm of the year, and Matt and I talked about our philosophies on shoveling and snow blowing. So when you were growing up, um, did John Wolf make you shovel and or snow blow, or did he do that? You know, uh, f- the funny part about that is uh, I don't have a problem helping, you know, shovel the driveway. We, had, we lived on a farm. We, we had a pretty uh, big driveway, and... Like I said, I didn't have a problem, you know, helping, but uh, John Wolf usually wakes up about, I don't know, 4.30 in the morning and would have it shoveled by 5 a.m., so I never really got the chance to help. So I have a question, Jay. So this question has been discussed a lot so far between our GA, uh, Coach Davis, and Coach Figuera, but you being a Rockets fan, they're very uh, high in offensive efficiency, and then you being a very good defensive player as you are, do you think defense wins championships and makes you elite, or do you think offense uh, makes you elite? Uh, I'm just going to go with a combination of both because I like to play defense and offense. So I think I would lean more towards the offensive side of things, but uh, you know it helps to get you know a couple stops every once in a while. Yeah, and I don't think anyone would have been talking about that Chiefs-Rams game a couple weeks ago if the final score was 6-3. to three. That's exactly right. What's the best thing to eat in the school cafeteria here at Briarcliff? Um, well, I don't know if everyone knows this about me, but I'm a big cereal guy, so I'm going to have to go with the you know, seven different types of cereal that they offer. Well, Jay, thanks for coming on, and uh, you know, good luck the rest of the way this year. Uh, it's been great watching you the last three years, and we're excited to see what happens the rest of this year. Um, you know, I know Mark doesn't like to get too much ahead of ourselves, but I know I personally have a lot of high expectations for the squad this year. And, and uh, I know if you guys just keep playing the way you did last Wednesday night, uh, even when you're down, you know, staying in those games and, and just keeping your cool, you guys are going to be very successful. So uh, with that, we're going to go ahead now and go into our listener questions. And we did have one come in. Bobby, what's the question this week? Once again, this is uh from someone anonymous is the question. So, Coach Figuera, the question is, what's something sports movies never get right? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that might be overblown or overhyped in a lot of sports movies is the pregame talk. You know, you see, I think of the talk before the championship game in Hoosiers. Um, you know, I think of the Al Pacino halftime speech in any given Sunday. That just doesn't happen that much. You know, I, I that's something I think has an effect once or twice a year. Um, but a lot of our pregame speeches are are pretty pretty short and sweet. You know, we, we hit on our keys for the game. Um, we hit on maybe what our, our one big emphasis is, refresh on a couple things we're trying to do, and that's about it. Um, you know, maybe once in a while, if it's a big game, 
I'll come in guns blazing with something. But um, I'm also just not creative enough to come up with a great pregame speech 30-plus times a year. Yeah, I think another thing movies have done a pretty bad job of, although I think they are probably getting a little bit better, um, but having like 30-year-olds play high school athletes is usually pretty obvious. When some of these kids are are built like professional athletes, um, I know we didn't have any of those in my high school. All right, well, if you have any more listener questions out there, make sure you get those sent in. Uh, Find us on Twitter at at BCBucketsCast or email them to us at BCBucketsPodcast at gmail.com. Keep them coming. Those are the fun part that uh, we kind of enjoy hearing what you guys have and try to catch Coach Figuera off guard a little bit. So with that, we're going to head into our shout-out section. We'll start with Coach because I think it looks like he's uh, ready to go with one. Yeah, this week's shout-out goes to 2018 Briarcliff alum Josh Belling, who just got engaged over the weekend. So congrats to Josh. So I've got one, and I'll uh, give a shout-out to the Blue Crew, which we touch on a lot. Uh, They're really great, and it's always great about Briarcliff because every sports team just goes out and supports other friends and everything. So hypothetically, if it's soccer season, you got basketball guys and football guys down there, and now during – uh, basketball season, we got football, baseball, soccer, just everyone represented wants to come watch the basketball games and everything. So shout out to the Blue Crew, and uh, hopefully they can continue to bring that enthusiasm and energy throughout the entire year because I know uh, just from a basketball standpoint, just sitting there, I know it really helps the guys, and it's just another big booster for the guys who are playing on the floor just to have that uh, home court advantage. Yeah, keep it up, Blue Crew. I'm going to throw a shout out to the women's basketball program here at the Cliff. Uh, they've been playing really well this year. They've lost a few close games to some highly ranked teams. They've beaten a few highly ranked teams this year. Uh, so I think just some of the adjustments they made from last season are really starting to pay off, and, and uh, they're playing really well. So make sure you're getting down here early on those game nights to, to support the women's team as well. All right, well, that'll be it for this week. Uh, Like I said earlier, make sure you get down here to the Newman Flanagan Center on Wednesday, December 5th. Uh, Women play Dort at 6 o'clock, men at 8 o'clock. And then here on Saturday, December 8th, the men will have a game at 3 o'clock here in the NFC. So for Bobby, Coach Figuera, Jay Wolf, my name's Matt Gall. We will catch you next week.